0: It's time time
1: for the Draft Dudes Podcast.
0: What's
2: better than this?
0: Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino.
2: Guys being
1: dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. now. guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs we are your host Chris Schubert's here floating around producing this thing with kind of a a green background today we're from the draft network we're brought to you by bet online your number one source for all your sports betting needs you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at bet online they feature live betting free contests and giveaways all season long they have every sport so head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Uh, Kyle, a happy National Skip the Straw Day to you. Say it again? Happy National World Bartender Day to you. Thank you. Um... My bartending skills are pretty. What just happened? Wait a minute. What just (laughs) happened? I have no idea what just happened. I didn't know if he wanted a repeat there because he didn't like the day that I chose Uh, because it was kind of soft. It's it's what? It's National Skip the Straw Day, so you would uh, not use a straw. I I never use straws. Well, every day is Skip the Straw
2: Day. You could just do this. You could get one. of The real reason I brought a rubber straw. uh,
0: Yeah, Chris is that psychopath that shows up at restaurants with a.
1: Yeah, he brings Uh, he. He brings his own straw and
2: uh, cutlery.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll, it's with you, can both, all
2: you can both attest to this. I've, I had both of those things with me at all times. Yes. It's just an amazing nugget. God, you oh, are going to get so blasted for this. That's fine. I can't right. wait. That's fine. Right.
1: So as in we fairness, also acknowledge bartender
2: Bartender Day. Hold on. In, in, in fairness, the place that I brought the straws and the cutlery to was when we were at the Senior Bowl. And we had multiple experiences last year when we ordered food that they didn't bring either. So you know what? It's better to be. I, there's a boy scout in this in this show right now who would agree. You you gotta be prepared, okay? And so I was prepared for anything that the week could throw at me.
1: Happy National don't Tortilla care. Chip Day! Don't care. Well. Still don't
2: care. I don't care.
0: Joe, that was for Chris, not for you. I just yeah, want to. I know. I,
2: know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Make sure that's abundantly clear here. Got that down.
0: Uh, takes on takes, takes on takes, two, two truths, truths and, and a lie. lie,
2: lots of stuff to get into. I'm very excited about my two truths and a lie uh, subject for today's show. Y'all are going to be so mad at mine. That's lovely. Can't wait. It's oh, good. it's 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 high integrity. It's the integrity of
0: the game is intact, okay. but you you guys are going to be pissed. Just just right, we'll find it. out.
1: Oh, uh, real we- quick though. Also, I uh, want to just go publicly on record here and state that I don't care about uh, Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. I mean, I'm seeing tweets from don't Adam care. Schefter that don't describes care. the room, Still don't care. how many square feet, what care. was in the
0: room. Like, who cares? No light, a, a meditation mat. Yep, I've, I've a Hobbit
1: style underground I, room. Like. I could did have went my, my whole life without that information.
0: I did my my uh, workout this morning and opened Instagram when I was on the cardio for the cool down, and the first five <laughs> posts on my timeline were all breaking news. Aaron
2: Rodgers, like Puckettani Phil, emerges from his <laughs> hole. Everybody knew he was going to return from the doctor's retreat, right? Like that's how it works. You go there and right, then that, you come that's back. That's not like, the like, news. That's not the news part. Right. The news but part was, is the decision that he made while he was in there. Okay. Right. right yeah. We, what'd you
1: decide there, Bud? Old oh, Puckettani Aaron. All right, I'm, that I'm ready.
0: could be a banging
2: t-shirt. It's probably d-shirt. already been
0: made, right? I
2: bet it. Well, hasn't. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, if I'm if I'm a Green Bay fan and he comes back, I'm making that shirt. A Groundhog Day t-shirt is this Pucksatani? You know, Puxatawny Aaron. Yeah, I'm doing that.
1: You no, know, Pucksatani is the name of the city.
2: So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted I don't to know. say that. Whatever.
1: All right. Two truths and a lie. I don't want anyone to yell at us for sidebarring for too long at the beginning. I mean, at least it's football related. It's
0: only yeah, four minutes.
1: I mean, that's 40% of like our
2: maximum BS time at the top of the show. Sure. And I feel like I feel that was like a... That was a forty and slip by you. You said let's do two truths on a lie. You obviously meant takes on. Takes. Oh yeah, yeah, takes whatever. On take, okay. Takes okay. on takes Of course, of course, he did. This this first take from uh, from Nate Carter. Take considering the Seahawks and Lions both currently have QBs that are likely not long term answers, and both have two first round picks and very likely to not be picking this high again anytime soon. If QBs fall to five and six, both should go QB of the future. I feel that way about
1: Seattle. I don't feel that way about Detroit, and Joe, I don't like putting what a good take. I don't I don't like putting Jared Goff in the same bucket as Geno Smith.
0: Geno Smith is a or, or both players, but Jared Goff's body of work is a scheme specific starter. But now he's kind of done it in more than one kind of system.
1: Mhm. Right? Yeah.
0: Um I think by the time Geno Smith would build a resume to be comparable moving forward to Jared Goff, to where Jared Goff is right now, he'd be at the end of his career. I don't see any reason why Jared Goff can't be a Kirk Cousins-level starter for a team that's consistently in a competitive window Mm -hmm. for the next five, six years. Now, he's not under contract for the next five, six years, so if you want to have that conversation, you can, but uh, I generally fall in line with you. Joe, I think there's a bigger body of work that we should be more comfortable with with Jared Goff to get the next three, four years as compared to, to Gino with such a small sample size.
2: Speaking of Jared Goff and quarterbacks, this next take from Adam take quarterback purgatory is a term that is only indicative of a bad GM and not a QB who doesn't have what it takes. If your team always fails in big moments, then it's a GM's job to identify moving a good quarterback who is a bad fit or to fix the roster to accommodate the QB flaws. Commonly referenced QB purgatory candidates have been Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Jared Goff, Stafford and Matt Ryan. All of these QBs have had successful seasons but have never sustained them. Some of these QBs were moved for a fresh start, and in the unique case of Stafford and Goff, they were traded away and acquired by both teams for the same reason. I'd like to nominate this for
0: the Teddy. Oh, oh, got wow. It's got it's, a good chance. It's
2: up there. It's just the
0: second take I, of the show. That's aggressive. I, I get it, but we've, we have we reference things like quarterback purgatory quite frequently, Right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever considered quarterback purgatory in this definition. And there's a decent chance I might steal this. Because we we talk quite a bit on how there's like three QBs in the league that you could transplant mm-hmm. to any team and they'd be successful consistently. So if you have one of the other guys, and I've lived this, Just I lived this with job. Ryan. I lived this with Ryan Tannehill and watched him go to Tennessee where he had all the things that we said for seven years in Miami. Oh, if they just get him this and get him that, he'll be fine. And it never happened. Joe Philbin wanted to drop him back 600 times for his first four seasons as a guy who started one year in college football at Texas A&M as a former wide receiver. And then he goes to Tennessee, they win 11 games a couple years in a row. They make a run to the AFC Championship game in there. He puts up bucco numbers that are like right up there with Patrick Mahomes for a 20-game stretch.
1: It's a great take. I'm all in on this take. I think there's something to be said for doing like there, the job that you do around these mid quarterbacks, right? Like is going to make them look better or worse. I I think there's an obvious component to that piece of it, but I do think that it's fair to say that like, you're probably pretty capped out with a quarterback like that. And I never put Matthew Stafford in court. That's where I lost me a little bit there. Like, Stafford was never QB pur- Purgatory oh. for me. So if we, if we take away a few
0: of the names that you take exception to in defining what quarterback Purgatory is, does the spirit of the take still hit home for you?
1: I mean, the QB QB Purgatory, like Andy Dalton to me, is that is the face of QB pur- Purgatory. But how much of that was just Cincinnati's own problems with being able to take the next step? Well... Or did he just happen to play when it was Manning, Roethlisberger, and Brady in the AFC, and it just wasn't going to happen for him?
0: Well, He had his first, what, six years in Cincinnati. They had pretty good teams. They were awesome. They had good teams. Yeah. And you got to the postseason stretch, and yeah, the, the rubber hit the road, and we didn't win the football game. Some of that's on the rest of the team, and... I think there was a consistent theme with Andy that I think is, is absolutely fair to make him be one of the poster children of quarterback purgatory because you'd win 11 games every year and then you get the, your first playoff game and you need to play late in the game and it wasn't me. Right, every time. Right.
2: let take from the Weekly Huddle Podcast. In honor of the wrestling references on Tuesday's show, oh take, boy. Cam Smith is the head of the table acknowledge him as CB1. I don't expect either of you to get that reference. I, yeah, no idea. Yeah, no my no wrestling idea. references stopped in like oh, yeah. 2003. Yeah, so the, the the current WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion of the World is Roman Reigns. How uh, many titles plus, were how, how many he, adjectives were on that title? Well, so he has he has two belts. He's <laughs> the Roman he's, Reigns Reigns R E I G N S former uh former NFLer played played uh i uh, played teams. at georgia tech too i believe played at georgia tech yes uh cousins with the uh, we were talking about chief peter Mayavia being the grandfather of the rock cousins of the rock roman reigns the wwe undisputed universal heavyweight yeah, champion they, of the that world. family's got the best bloodlines on the planet man. Well, and, well it's funny you say that because his group is referred to as the group he and his cousins is called the bloodline so very good kyle it's- is this, the, this is an actor as well. Is he in, uh, uh, he's he, done some Aqu- stuff. He has been in one of the fast movies. Yes. I thought it,
1: who, this looks very similar to, um, was he in one of the Marvel movies? Aquaman this is not Dave something?
2: Bautista members of guardians uh, of the galaxy. No, Does he kind of thinking- look like him?
0: He's not thinking really. of Aquaman. He's thinking of Aquaman. Aquaman, yeah. Is that what I said?
2: I thought I said you, Aquaman. You know what? My Jason Momoa. He's thinking you know of Jason Momoa. My apologies. He said Marvel. I gave him too much credit. He actually meant DC when he said Marvel. I I oh, thought right, he actually right, meant... Oh, Wrong
1: division yeah. once again. I Check <laughs> oh, awesome. the
2: tape. Yeah. Uh, he, that's not Jason Momoa. No, <laughs> no, Joe. <laughs> I'm looking this Jason Momoa guy up. No, I. you are correct that they look alike. Oh, they absolutely do. But okay, I don't. sidebarring in the middle of the show, it's a good wrestling reference. A plus on the reference, but Cam Smith CB one is the is the no. merit of the take. No,
1: Man, I love I love Cam. I really do. Uh, I don't think he's as good as Christian Gonzalez. Maybe also Porter and Devin Witherspoon. So he's really good. You can like them all. You can like them all.
0: But. Yeah, so it's, it's okay to like like more yeah. than one. Right? It's just it's, at the end of the day, you got to pick who goes in the top column. And I don't think Joe and I are either going to pick Cam
1: <sighs> Smith. Hold on. Okay. What? Wait. What is this guy's name again? The Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns. Yeah. His native of Pensacola, Florida, a, a town we frequent quite often. Oftentimes flying not, to Pensacola. Not, yeah. yeah. Almost every year for the senior. Chris, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't The
0: Rock's daughter now wrestling as well? Correct. Yes. In it's NXT, the, it's the most athletic <laughs> family correct. on the planet.
2: It's correct. Yes. This is incredible. Wow.
0: I know it's a family business in general, and like I know the DIOs oh, like, did that, that, and the Rhodes family did that. Yeah, specifically, but...
2: oh, funny you say that. Roman is going to fight Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Family on family action here. Is that who's who's the face and who's
0: the heel? Right so now, Cody will be
2: the baby face. Roman is the ultimate heel. The ultimate heel. Yeah, but before we we piss everybody off, uh, Chris has a little Degeneration X theme right. with his background right. today. Um. What's the what's the opposite of the uh of the teddy take? Um So like the worst take of the week? This is the, yeah. the, and it might be named after this person when he when when I read this take to you. Oh, just uh, Oh man, I feel bad right now. This is the somebody want
1: to participate in the show or just No, to shame no, no, well, no, when Chris you is. when Chris you hear is. the take, when you hear
2: the take, I think you're going to agree with me. This comes from All Justin right, let's, Smith.
1: Let's Justin Smith, okay. The really Justin football. Smith? Yeah, no, he's got he a great career, man.
2: Not, not, no, not the NFL Justin Smith. <laughs> the Justin Smith Memorial. Who who uh, refers Take of the Week? Who refers to his take as a melting lava hot take? Quote. Which okay. okay, is from well, Justin, not from me.
0: Here already.
2: Cracker Barrel is hot garbage in all caps. Get off the show. Going out for <laughs> breakfast food is overrated. Don't care. don't care. Still don't care. I don't care. Best breakfast is made you in have your air own house. Cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. The best breakfast is made in your Come own house. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm forty. Best breakfast is made in your own house. Ooh, just keep just keep talking, Chris. This will never end. <laughs> the best breakfast is made in your own house or hole-in-the-wall diners. Take your grits and Nobody flush them. cares. The Justin
0: Smith Memorial Take of the Week, Absolutely. hot, Smith. hot garbage take. Get out of my life. Okay,
1: I, we appreciate I think your
0: participation. The, the, I enjoyed a the bit to, to exhaust the whole soundboard, but get out of my life.
1: Th- there is mm-hmm. there is some merit to what he's saying. No, Joe. Excuse me,
2: Joe. No, no. It, it, it,
1: it... hear me out. Breakfast food is probably the least like. You're not going to go out and be like, oh my God, the breakfast. Shady food. Maple. I've been to the Shady Maple. You could park your horse there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay. Okay. I still have a <laughs> okay. <that> hard time. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> so, this is going to take
2: a time out. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to use one here. It's over for you. That If you could park <laughs> a horse there, it's infinitely better than anything else you could have. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. That's a qualifier for a great culinary, for a great yeah. eatery? Yeah. Is if you could park your horse. I mean, to tell you, Joe, I, I dare you. I dare you to do that outside your house. Your HOA yeah, will you be got, on your ass you in gotta five get to, minutes. You got to
1: get to wherever the hell Pennsylvania Kyle's from, man. There's some, Chris,
0: there's some come stuff up. going on. Some stuff going We're, on out there. What are
2: you doing next week? Come up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be there. Shady Maple, baby. Um, this take from the Wild Five. Take. If a player meets the following, one, they've played two seasons with the team. Two, they sign a three-plus, uh, a three-or-more-year new contract with the same team then that team gets 10% cap relief on the contract. Rewards teams for good drafting, but doesn't completely destroy the cap. Why?
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly the question in my head is like, why? Your reward for good drafting is by having the good players. Good, good players, right? Like, that is the reward. Right, yeah, the reward is you you did
0: what well, you picked well, a good player. And, and the NFLPA would hate this. Yes, yeah, like, I don't get it the at NFLPA all. The NFLPA is never going to say... Yeah, let's discourage the open market and getting guys to to go out and compete and incentivize teams to not let a player hit free agency and and get their total value of their market if teams want to sign them early or whatever else.
1: I like the creativity, I like the thought process, I, I all of that, but I, I don't I don't see the merit in the idea.
0: I just think if you were to do a pecking, joy, I agree with you. If you were to do a pecking order of things that you wanted to change about dynamics of the salary cap as it currently exists in the collective bargaining agreement, giving the teams more ways yeah. to get more cap space, I don't think is the avenue that I personally would advocate for.
2: Stake for Michael G. The smartest GM in the NFL is the next GM who will trade a top five or 10 protected pick when acquiring a player in the future. NFL GMs way behind the NBA GMs.
1: Uh, has it ever been done? I've never seen a protected pick clause in the NFL. Like
2: Hold that. on. Can never. you do this? I, 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 don't, I don't know. If that, I don't know that you can. I don't think it's think never been done. Because there are – just to be clear, and I've talked about this in the past. I think it was on a TV and Daily show. There are – in the NBA, you can trade picks for like ever. Like you could trade picks for yeah. 70 years out. In the, en, in the NFL – Somebody was just traded for like
1: seven second-round picks, something that really just
2: happened. Uh, Jay Crowder got traded for multiple second-round picks. And in the Kevin Durant trade, the, the Suns traded four future first-round picks. But they alternate every year because you can't trade first-round picks for more than three consecutive seasons. That's just a rule in the NBA. In the NFL – you can only trade picks for the next three classes. So the one you're in in the next two. So there's already limitations on what you can do. Cause I asked, the question I asked was, could a Kevin Durant style trade ever happen in the, in the NFL? And the answer was no, because no team is ever going to be able to give up that many draft picks. And like, there's never going to be that high profile of a player. Like if you try to trade for Patrick Mahomes, you can't get a c- proper value for him.
0: Um, so, so you can kind of get close and, and shout out to uh, NFL Reddit for this. Popped on, Googled, my good friend Google. Um, And the question was, is it possible to put protections on an NFL draft selection? Uh, And mag bunch of numbers was the comment that popped up. And I would have to fact check this, but what fun is doing that while we're recording the show live? Uh, He referenced the Alex Smith trade from the San Francisco 49ers to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, that was traded for a third round pick that would turn into a second round pick if the chiefs won more than 8 games. So the conditional pick was tied to the wins of the team that was receiving
1: the player. Yeah, we we've seen conditional picks, but like a, right. a flat out protection? Yeah, I don't
0: I don't know that that's a thing or not.
1: Cuz even if it was like 8 wins, that that doesn't exactly tell you the the range, right? 8 wins could land you in a, a number of different places how many
0: all-time great trades would have been shit canned by pick protections
1: well probably a lot yeah let think, think about the, the teams 10. that are picking in the top 10 this year that got didn't... those picks because yeah. they
0: traded two yeah. years ago for an asset
1: right yeah
0: so you gotta wait a year is that how, that's how can, NBA pick protections work, right? If, if you don't get that pick, you got to wait a year and then get it the next well, year. Well, so it, it depends on how it's structured
2: that it will be layers to the protection, right? So if it's a lottery protected pick, and then let's say it doesn't convey the net, that year. The next year, it might be only like top ten protected, and then if it doesn't convey that year, then it's top five protected, and then it's top three protected. Like they will add layers into. So the, you might have to protection. wait five years to get an asset. That's dumb. potentially if it's structured that way. Some teams are, right. are okay giving the, the the pick a year down the road. Some teams want to really hedge and give themselves a five year window. Just depends on the GM and the team you're dealing with and where they're at in their life cycle.
1: Well, think about this is going to be a weird pivot, but like. Do you remember how the Detroit Pistons got the pick that they ultimately selected Darko Milicic with, and like famously it was they, they should have picked Carmelo right. This Joe is back when I was in the NBA. The
2: Darko Milicic reference.
1: Yeah, but like thing. it was they weren't they didn't deserve to have that pick right. Like they got it from, um, well, like they a also trade a, multiple years before. Right, but they also like have a, a lottery.
2: They also have a lottery in the NBA. It's a little different. Like, it's not solely based on Right, but that's the record. kind of stuff so that can that's, get really crazy. Well, And that's why the protections exist, right? They use yeah. the protections because it's a lottery, and that's the way that they do things. This take from Matt. Take, whatever team wants to draft Quentin Johnston should just sign DJ Chark and still have the first-round pick instead.
1: I think you can do this all the time. Like, that's why free agencies are before the draft. Like, that, you would... You, you do those things in free agency to allow yourself maximum flexibility in the draft. But, okay, in, in DJ Chark versus Quinton Johnston? Yeah, I think I'd – are you going to pay him like $10 million a season? Probably. So here's the thing. I I
0: would be totally down for signing DJ Chark with the spirit of
1: it.
2: We you know, will. We will wee woo Okay, I
1: don't the, know what it the, is. Hands.
2: The, the Denver Broncos have hired a defensive coordinator.
1: Oh, God, please be rex. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. It's going to be. Who did they just bring in? Break my heart.
2: Well, this is going to answer a trivia question that we were asking for long ago. Vance Joseph is the new defensive coordinator for the wow. Denver Broncos. Uh,
0: God. Wow. At the time of his life there, huh? Lame. He really did have the time of his life. He came back. That's why he went went back. Wow.
1: And Dom Capers went back to the Panthers, too. Dude, uh, Dom Capers
0: got to take off that Lego
1: man haircut. You know, it's it's not good. (laughs) It's not Uh, good. (laughs) Between that that and
2: Carlos Boozer, we had some all-time hairs this week that came out. I've got got two, two more takes for us before we get to Two Truths and a Lie. First time take from Frank. Welcome to the show, Frank. Yo,
1: what is this Carlos
2: Boozer hair? I told you.
1: <laughs> what happened here, man? Uh, it's the, it's the uh, spray paint. My guy got his head dipped into a bucket of tar and <laughs> said, let's roll with it.
2: First time take from Frank. He's got a couple here for you. Wins are not a QB stack. They are uh, QB stat. They are team stats. We have to stop comparing QBs by the win percentage. It's a good take, Frank. Yes. He also has a food take.
0: I don't think just- Joe was ready to get all on board with that take. He started really?
2: to say... I, I, I thought it was not- just... I thought it was going to be guess, so universally agreed no, upon. I just I thought the food take I, was the bigger take here.
1: I generally agree with that. Um, and I've had some very spirited debates with uh Bruce Nolan from the Bruce Exclusive podcast on this. There there is something to be said for because there it's not in plurality. It's not mostly due to the quarterback, but I think that the quarterback accounts for somewhere between 30 and 40 percent of wins. So wins are not a quarter. Quarterback stat, but wins are heavily influenced by quarterbacks. Okay, Joe, so if you put wins you are put not a just,
0: mutual, mutually yeah. exclusive quarterback stat. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah it's I, I, there's, to, there's
1: got to be something there to acknowledge the significance of the quarterback. Correct. not just be, the, yeah. If you put this statistic in the right context, it, it's fine. That's all I'm asking for. <sighs> correct, because there is correlation between great quarterbacks and wins. That, that's sure. a thing.
2: Uh, the food take the best way to cook wings is on a kettle charcoal. No, get out of here with that.
1: That this is the all, worst take. I – yeah, all the way well, out.
2: This is. I mean, the Justin Smith take about cracker file was pretty. No, bad, this but. is worse. Uh, this take from from uh, Finn's fan for life take the Jets telling Derek Carr he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he wins the championship. There is the most hilarious thing they could have said. Talk about a self diss. Did they?
1: What's the, I don't understand. The, is that a
2: thing? It Guess, is a thing is that, is that a they thing. apparently said to him. Yes, I talked about it. Thanks for listening to TD and Daily.
0: Imagine not listening to TDN Daily.
2: Thank you, Kyle.
1: Chris. I listen to every episode of Draft Dudes. I mean, what more can you ask for me?
2: It's my show. You know, you've been on the show before. Figure, dude.
1: What did I talk about on Lockdown Bills today? That's a,
2: that's a, good, wow. point. Uh-oh. That's a good point. Uh oh. You've got a couple of guests on the show the next couple of days, I believe. I do. Very good. Very yeah. good guests. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, they did say this to him, and it—it's very weird. I don't understand any of it. Because everyone's writing it off like, oh, you know, you're just, they're just, you know, they're making the sale. It's just a big sales pitch. You're just trying to hype them up. It's like, okay, why are you trying to make a sales pitch and hype up a guy when you're sitting around waiting for Aaron Rodgers? Like, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse here. Like, you're not doing this in the right order.
1: Why are we oh. aware that they said this to him? Because it got reported. Got reported. After the meeting.
2: ESPN. Yes. Diana Rossini reported it. Jeff Darlington. Weird thing to want left out there. Jeff Darlington has kind of seemingly backed that up a little bit. Because Jeff Darlington's been pushing this like, yeah, not really sure Aaron's going to leave. He's going to stay in Green Bay. The Jets should probably pivot to Derek Carr. And he's like, Diana said that they feel this strongly about him. And like, it's kind of what I've heard. And they should do it. Like, there's well, a lot of momentum here. Here's the,
0: here's the Here's the deal. If you're the Jets, you could say that to any quarterback you're trying to court. Because the context of that quote is we've gone over how many weeks ago that was it that we did on two truce and a lie. We did Jets all-time. Passing I, it was, yes, I did it to start the
2: year. Right. Yes. Right. It's not so it,
0: like, we did it in the last eight weeks. We talked about how many quarterbacks in Jets history have winning records, have over X number of touchdowns, have over X number of passing yards, the and doing it in New York where they have kind of been in a 15 year stretch slump. And don't have historical successful quarterbacks. If you are ha- a quarterback that goes into that situation and takes them to the Super Bowl, that's that's the sales pitch, and it's a great pitch because it's more about this is it's more about what we have been versus what we
2: are and could be. Sure, I don't have a problem with them saying that to Derek. The two problems I have with it are clearly, if you say it, you believe that Derek Carr can take you over the top, right? You don't say it unless you believe it. You also so, don't sign him unless you believe it. I don't. I don't have a problem right, with that. Right. I agree. Sure, but if you if you say it to him and you believe it, then clearly you don't think there's this massive, Grand Canyon sized hole between Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. If you think Derek Carr could be a Hall of Fame quarterback if he wins a championship in New York, then you think Derek Carr's pretty darn good.
1: So- Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Derek Carr, but Derek Carr's the better quarterback to commit to.
2: So, but Joe, that's that's the. I agree with you. That's not the point I'm making. You, I'm looking at this from the position of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, who are sitting in that meeting. By saying that to Derek Carr, you are admitting. That you think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. Because if you think the guy, if he wins a championship, could be a Hall of Famer, like you think the guy's pretty good. Well, if you think the guy's gonna be a Hall of Famer, we know Aaron Rodgers is gonna be a Hall of Famer. So the gap that exists there isn't as big as everybody else is making it out to be. You internally don't think the gap's Mm. that big. So if that's the case, why wait?
1: Hall of Fame quarterback, that's I mean, that's a huge plateau, but even within the Hall of Fame, they're not all the same. You're not Tom Brady's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Just like Jim Kelly. Okay, who who's the better quarterback?
2: But but Joe, this this ties into your point. If you feel that both guys can take you over the top and you think both guys can be Hall of Fame quarterbacks, why put your why put yourself through the idea of needing to wait? Right, we we
0: agree. Because we agree it's not this. it's not up to them. Right. It's up to Derek. Derek has to make that decision in the same timeline. So I would be doing my due diligence on all of them.
2: You don't think you don't think if they put an offer in front of Derek that Derek wouldn't wouldn't sign it? That's the other thing too. Like they said this and then they're like, yeah, you know, we'll talk to, we'll catch up. I, there, if I'm Derek no Carr, right
1: I, yeah, I I think the playing for the New York Jets because of their roster is one thing, but then there's the whole dynamic of playing in New York and how different that is than where he's been in the past And, and potentially
0: all those dynamics New Orleans. Sure. Yeah, all and, of that matters. You know, we heard how good the meetings with New Orleans went.
2: I, I just think I just think it's very weird for the Jets to to put on what feels like by saying that a full court press for a guy that they were not ready to make an offer to. That's the problem I have with it. It just feels weird. Two truths in a lie time?
0: we yep. everybody of our sorry ass. Well, skin. yes, it's 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 Joe in first it.
2: place. It's Joe this in first place at one in three. Uh, Kyle and I are both on four. This is it. This is for this the, is f- it for the w- month. winner and everybody's alive. This, this was not the case last in in uh, in January. This was not the case at the end of twenty twenty two. So a lot on the line here today on the show. Joe, the floor is yours, my friend. For the first time ever, somebody other than <laughs> Kyle is dictating the way that this segment goes. Uh
1: the order of order of operations here will be I'd like to go first. Okay. Um can I can I then choose after?
2: Yes. The I results? think it's no, you have to choose you have to choose the order now. I do think it's very interesting to take the ball here with the lead. I think you'd like to go last to know what you need, but that's fine. We want the
1: ball, we're gonna score. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going first. Uh Kyle second, Chris third.
2: Okay. Okay. Okay, here here are so here are Kyle, my I uh, just very quickly, Kyle, it is in our best interest to work together here. To, currently, to then it up... is currently, yes. Okay. Just yep. want to make that clear.
1: All right. Um my stuff has to do with um positional spending. Last year, the 2022 season amongst the NFL. Three statements here. One of them is a lie, two of them are true. Statement number one. Among teams in the AFC East, the New England Patriots had the most cap space committed to offensive players. Number 2. And this is part the first part of this statement is true. 11 teams had more cap dollars committed to defensive players than offensive players in 2022. This is the part where you need to determine if it's true or true or not. 8 of those 11 went to the playoffs.
2: Ooh. Okay. 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 You need me to repeat that? Or are you guys good? Just give me the third one first, because I got a pretty good idea of where I'm going right now.
1: Number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers had the most cap dollars committed to defensive players in the NFL in 2022.
2: Kyle, I strongly believe that number one is true.
0: Why? I, I'm not inclined to disagree with you, but I would love to hear your your thought
2: process. Spent here. a gajillion dollars on the two tight ends. A gajillion. Uh, a gajillion. <laughs> R- relatively to the position, right? A lot of money. Okay. Uh, three guys on that offensive line are on big contracts. Are they not? It was, um,
0: Isaiah Wynn was in the last year of his rookie deal, right? Trent Brown. Okay. That's a big money contract. And David Andrews was modest dollar amount. Joe, oh, is, this ca- is this cash or cap? Cap space committed to cap space committed. Yeah. Okay, okay.
2: It's I hear it's not the Jets. They have two. Their two running backs or, or two younger players on their rookie contracts, none of which were drafted in the first round. Okay. Their quarterback is Zach Wilson. Their offensive lines Maka- was Macai Becton. They signed Trent Brown. Uh, they they signed Dwayne Brown off the street in the summertime. Max Mitchell was starting at one point for them. Elijah Vera Tuck is a younger player. They're receiving core outside of Corey Davis. Braxton Berrios isn't making a ton. Elijah Moore's a young player. Garrett Wilson's a young player. They spent money on the two tight ends, but it's not a lot. So okay. the Jets I'm ruling out. For, for the for the Dolphins, it would just be I mean Waddle's rec- a young- they, they, they
0: they were like a top five team in the NFL in wide receiver cap spending. Right, but they
2: but Waddle isn't making a ton. Cap wise,
0: they also signed two big money free agents in Connor Williams and Teron Armstead. That's a great point. Now they're dirt cheap at quarterback. They're dirt cheap at running back, and they spent more than they should have. And they Mike Gesicki on the franchise tag at tight end. That's twelve million dollars right there.
2: And that all counts against the cap. So that's that's yes. a great. It's a great. That's yes. a great point. To, so the, then the Bills. Dirt cheap at running back. Yes. Other than Stefan Diggs, are they spending a ton at the wide receiver position? Gabe Davis,
0: a fifth round pick in Khalil Shakir. They brought Cole Beasley back. John Brown was on the practice squad. I Isaiah believe it was elevated. Isaiah McKenzie. Um, I've been trying to Dawson say Knox. no. Now, Dawson Knox got a deal though. He, he did get a new contract. We're spending a lot of time on this first. How much did they spend on Roger Saffold?
2: Joe, how much did they spend on Roger Saffold? Do you mind sharing like that?
1: One, one year, either it's
2: seven,
0: like five or, eight or six. Some. Okay. Wow, yeah, I didn't. Okay. Something
2: like that. I didn't think he was going to give us that information like that. I was a bait. fine.
0: It was a bait fine. and it, you know. So Dev, I mean Devin Singletary. The, the question is how big the cap was on Josh Allen's cap for, for all the year. offensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm inclined to think that this is true. I really am. That the Patriots were number one. I, I, of the AFC East teams. I, I tend to agree with this. Okay.
0: um, Joe, can you repeat the other two takes? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Number two, 11 teams. This is the true part. 11 teams had more cap dollars committed to defensive players than offensive players in 2022.
2: Eight of those 11 went to the playoffs. That's like... That's more than fifty percent of the playoff field. It's incredible. Right. Let's and do the, the third do and this. the third the third statement: the Pittsburgh Steelers had the most cap
1: dollars committed to defensive players in the NFL in twenty twenty two. Okay,
2: Chris, you wanted to do the second one. I I now? wanted to do the thing. I wanted to do the thing. Okay, I am of the belief that the New York Giants had more money allocated to defense than they did offense. and they made the playoffs.
0: Yeah, the Leonard Williams is a big contract there. Um uh, you know, I just, they're, they're big they're big money players offensively. we Saquon Barkley on a rookie that was still on a rookie contract, Daniel Jones who's still on a rookie contract. Um, Andrew Thomas, who's still, Andrew Thomas
2: contract. who's still on a rookie contract. is still on
0: a rookie contract and Nevin what, Neal, who's still
2: on a rookie contract. What's Sterling Shepard
0: making? Yeah, it, next to it, it's not right. next to nothing but in the grand but scheme of of the it's Lexicon next to Yeah, and I know they they've got guys like I mean, Leonard Williams himself probably outpaces half
2: those guys. I'm inclined to say that one's true. Okay, so that's one. We need seven more. Do the All right, let's do it this way. Do the Cowboys spend more money? No, absolutely not. With the Dak uh, contract. I would be inclined contract, to say not. no. Absolutely not. The Vikings. Kirk, Kirk's on a fully guaranteed deal. Phelan's making a ton.
0: Jefferson's on a rookie deal, though.
2: Right, I mean, they pay Pat they're all paid. They're They don't
0: pay. They're not paying anybody in the offensive line.
2: Harrison Smith.
0: They might be another one of the teams. I would be inclined to say that one is also true. So that's that's two. I'd be willing to throw the Dolphins out there. I believe that's true. Oh, oh, we Byron. Jo- the, like, let's not forget Byron Jones got eighteen million dollars against his cap this year to sit at home okay, for so an injury who's supposed to not miss these any games for. So that's three. The 49ers. Man, that's a hard one because McCaffrey came in on a big money deal. They just paid Debo. It's true. George Kittle's a top five contract. Trent Williams is one of the best paid offensive okay. linemen. Yeah, no, I, 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 think mean, we, I, I think we can. I don't know that you can totally dismiss it, but the Bucks. How much are
2: the Bucks paying that defense?
0: Oh, a lot. I think the Bucks and Tom's on the discount, right? Right. So
2: that's four. That's four.
0: Okay. Right. I think. I think the things working against you are. Um, Chris Godwin got a new deal.
2: They re-signed that's Ryan it. Jensen, but like for to what? In the grand scheme of what we're talking about,
0: I okay, I'm yeah, I them think in the, the Bucks. I think this one. I think we. I think we have enough here where I think this one's true.
2: So that's we've only. Got I think. Four. I, I think number two is true, but we've only got four teams. Right? Eight. Who are the other four? The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. They had the most. We talked about all their rookie snaps on defense. All of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay any corners. Oh, the Eagles. They paid oh, no Eagles the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, they got Jalen Hurts money. on a rookie contract. Yeah, I know they a. paid AJ Brown, but AJ
0: Brown, AJ Brown, and Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey are like the big money players for them, Gardner, the Charnsey Gardner Johnson
2: on that defense. Hassan
0: Reddick. They it. paid.
2: Hassan, uh, Hassan Reddick. They
0: paid Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave.
2: Okay, the Eagles. That's fine.
0: Darius Slay.
2: The Jags. The Jags spent a ton of money in free agency. Was it on offense or defense? Mainly offense. Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk. It's probably not them. The Chargers.
0: Chargers got more money invested in defense. Derwin James just got a new deal. Um, Herbert Joe Burks
2: on a second contract. They just acquired Khalil Mack. That's six. I feel good about this. I feel we got two or three more teams. Like I feel like this is. Pretty good. So that we're, we're immediately saying three is the live. How about Baltimore? <laughs> it's good. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I think two is true.
2: So we three Joe. Can, Joe, you, can, I, can you
0: repeat three one more time? We're gonna yeah, be here the forever. Pittsburgh
1: Steelers had the most cap dollars committed to defensive players in the NFL in twenty twenty two.
0: Okay. So my first question is, who are they paying on that offense? Deontay Johnson. But that's not, but that's not the question. I understand that, but they had to spend money somewhere. So if they don't spend the money on offense, then they're not spending it all on
2: special teams. Sure. But I would just think it'd be easier to just find a team that we think spent a ton on defense instead of doing it the way you're doing it. But we could do it this way. I mean, I just want to, I want to put
0: Pittsburgh firmly in that bucket, which I think that they are because they're paying like no one.
2: Najee's on a rookie deal. Kenny Pickett's on a rookie deal. Uh, Claypool, who they traded, they like Deontay Johnson. George they gave Pickin, like a George modest is on a two-year rookie deal. contract.
0: Three fifths of their starting offensive linemen are on rookie deals. Their tight ends on a rookie deal. Okay, they could ch- they could check this box. They I, and so so you have Cam Hayward, you have Devin Bush, and Miles Jack. You have T.J. Watt, who just got an extension. You have Minka oh, yeah. Fitzpatrick. Minka. Oh,
2: I, we just need to – okay, we can't – all three can't be true. Kyle, that's well, not the way the
0: game works. I well, it's happened before on the show. So, Joe, can you confirm one of these <laughs> no, no. is a false no, statement? Can, one of these is absolutely <laughs> wrong. Yes.
2: Yes. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's statement one. Well, maybe we yeah, cycle. I'm sitting here doing
0: the math, and I'm like, man, like, Miami spent a lot on tight end. They spent a lot on their offensive line. They spent a lot at wide receiver. I'm inclined to. I have enough doubt there that I'm leaning towards right. number one being the lie.
2: You want to do it? I think it's one or three. I think we 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 firmly yeah. think two is, one, is true. One's the lie. All right, one's the lie. Lock it in. You, you, you gotta. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with my friend here ride or die now we're oh now we're oh and eight combined right. to start this, this the year can, this so like we be really this. best <laughs> well, no we're
0: not 0 and eight to start the year i won february speak for yourself uh,
1: all right
2: <laughs> i meant for the month but fine
1: one is locked in from both of you
2: yes yes right.
1: so let's let's find out let's find out uh what was the one you guys both eliminated two right eliminated two right away yes. Yes. Yep. so eight of the 11 teams that paid for more on defense and offense made the playoffs good job that that that's true uh, the teams though, the Seahawks, the Eagles, 49ers, Dolphins, Bills, Chargers, Jaguars, and Bengals, those are your eight teams. Oh, wow. we, we, so we, we, we we got lucky. We got lucky. Got lucky. We yeah, got you, lucky guys were, you, you guys were
2: a little off on, on but a But I will bit tell there, you, but a couple of those teams we never even like thought to No, evaluate. no, you
1: never really, I don't think you got to some of them. So So you, you, if good, we got to them, we probably would have thrown them in there as well. But good job. So you got that one correct. Now we're gonna 50, find 50 out. Shot,
2: fifty fifty well, shot, Kyle. Hmm. Let, let's let's do the thing where
1: we go right to number one.
2: Okay. I don't like that. Who had that the
1: most that? expensive offense in the AFC East? Who did you guys think it is? I said I the, the take it or the the the, the statement take is that, is that, that the Patriots, Patriots had the most. You said Kyle, no, it's not the Patriots. Kyle thinks it's the Dolphins. I have an, Kyle has convinced me. I, I, I have enough
0: I have yeah. enough contracts that I know were there to make a compelling argument. I had the most doubt in that comment, which is why I, that's where I went with. And, and Chris thinks it's who?
2: I think it's the Dolphins. Kyle sold me very well. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. The Dolphins do not have the most expensive offense in the AFC East. They have the third most expensive at $88.7 million. The Bills have the least expensive offense in the AFC East at $80.3 million. It's it's over. It's over for us, Kyle. It's over. (laughs) The most expensive offense in the AFC East belongs to the team that failed to score a touchdown in their final three games. The New York Jets, owners of the most expensive oh, offense in the AFC East, $99.7 million, right below them, the Patriots at $98 million. So you guys got it, wow. but in the weirdest possible way. 99. I thought surely you guys were going to think that that's true because it would be like shade on the Patriots, but it was really just shade on the Jets.
2: $99 million. Uh, so, congratulations
1: to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who do have the most expensive defense in the The NFL. I do want to make one more nugget here, uh, and I wanted to include it somehow. But do you guys have any idea who has the most expensive offense in the NFL? Any idea? Mm. I know that we're like way over on top. uh,
0: I'm gonna say Dallas,
1: number two. Oh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna
2: say Denver.
1: Uh, A guess, Chris. It's it's not high up there. It's like maybe 11.
2: not that great of a guess, then Kyle.
1: (laughs) Kansas City. Broncos are 13, Kansas City's three. So you've got two and three. So kyle Kyle's oh, got a really
2: good pull, a really good pulse oh. on this.
0: Well, because mine, mine is related to salary cap and stuff as well.
1: Great. So. <laughs> the Jets have the fifth most
2: expensive offense in the NFL. Which is absurd to me. It must be the Lakin Tomlinson contract that kind of boosts that up. Well, they,
0: like, what did they sign Dwayne Brown to?
1: I think that I think where you get where I think it's with the Jets is I think they had all that cap space. So they and so it's a lot of front loaded deals. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know, Joe, who has number one?
1: The Washington Command. (laughs) No. (laughs) 111.5 mil to the offense. That's the Carson
0: Wentz deal that came (laughs) in, right? Okay. hey, do you guys want to let everybody know we're going to be a little late for the meeting?
2: Yeah, yeah well, well, I'll I'll we'll I'll out. I'll share we'll a, um, I'll share a message.
0: Joe said they'll find out.
2: <laughs> you know what? Joe said they'll find out. They'll find <laughs> no, out. no, come on, let's yeah, let's, no, no, let's give it. everybody yeah, yeah, a
0: courtesy heads up.
2: Yeah. Um.
0: Okay. So do you guys want? I'm Joe. You said I'm number two, correct? You're number two. So now everybody's got one
1: win. Right. This is all right, tied in the win, Gollum. Now I will is, tell you.
2: This is big stakes time now. If I, this is big, because like if I win this one, I will be the leader in the clubhouse. So I might have to differ from Joe here. And if you both get it wrong. We're all tied. Well, no, I'm one in five. (laughs) I'd be done. I would need to get you guys to then it would roll over to March. All right. Well, let's
1: just do it and see what happens. I'm going to try to pick out the lie. That's my objective. The next two. rounds. Okay. So I
0: said mine is related to salary cap. And it is kind of related to the salary cap. Uh, but it's more related to cash owed to players in 2023 I you the, you're the worst just the worst so what I have is I have three positions that we think on this podcast are more important to having success as an NFL team than what the league does based on their spending trends tight end inside linebacker in very inside linebacker I'm not talking about your Linebacker designation that has all the Von Miller, Von Millers and Bradley Chubbs of the world. Right. Like those. They're not in here. It's it's stack inside linebackers and safeties.
1: Okay.
0: And what I have is the list of the top three names in cash owed for 2023. Two of the three groups of three are accurate. The order does not matter. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I'll start with tight end. The three biggest cash owed in 2023 at the tight end position in 2023 are Dallas Goder to the Philadelphia Eagles, George Kittle of the San Francisco 49er, and Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. Cash owed at inside stack linebacker in 2023, the three largest names in money owed, not cap hits, money owed. Roquan Smith, CJ Mosley, and Shaquille Leonard. And at safety, the three largest cash owed due are Marcus Williams, Harrison Smith, and Mika Fitzpatrick. Two of those three groups are correct, and one of them is not.
1: Is Chris, are we working
2: together or no? We are working together. I have a position that immediately is a red flag for me. Okay.
1: I have a piece of information that's a red flag for me, but it's
2: not a position. Okay, give me your piece of information. We'll see if it matches up with what I have.
1: My piece of information here is that you have Ravens heavily in this. Marcus Williams with safety, Roquan Smith at linebacker, and then you would think Mark Andrews would have some influence at tight end, but he wasn't on there. That's correct. So... Whenever he was going through this and I was thinking to myself, okay, there's no Andrews. And then he got to Smith and Williams. It led me to believe that that was a meaningful piece of information because I think it would be unlikely that the Ravens would have a top three cash owed player at all three
2: positions. So, so by putting you think, Okay, this is a this is not the vortex. I this you is this that is down.
0: a win for me.
2: You 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 now think <laughs> because of that piece down. of
1: information that well, it's listen, one of the other two. One thing that we should discriminate against in, in these is newer deals. Newer deals aren't going to have the big cash owed right away. Usually.
2: Correct. I, I will say tight end. I thought you know Darren Waller's name probably should be on that list somewhere. Probably owed some cash. Well, they just redid his deal over the summer, right? So it, it's.
1: It, what's important to know here is what we don't know, which is the intimate details of the structuring of all of these contracts.
2: I got to tell you, so I, what? I'm all, for, I'm all for one so far on discussing the Jets, but like, okay. I don't think C.J. Mosley's owed that much cash. Like we're at the back Especially, part of that deal, right? Well, that's have they restructured it? Can you can you? T- they, I can. Is that I can push s- money into there? I can say with seventy five percent confidence that I do not believe they have restructured his contract at all. I would say, like, Roquan Smith, year
1: one of his deal that he just signed is going to be one of the three highest cap c- c-
2: commitments for a stack backer. Yeah, but it's an... That's the position that was the red flag for me. For year one? Joe, that Joe. You, that means that means that any of those names could be wrong. So th- what you're saying aligns with what I'm saying. If Roquan's, no, not, a... yeah, if no, Roquan's not in the list then if you, like, you don't think Roquan's in the list. If Roquan's not in the list, then that position is right. the lie. I hear you, but we need to find
1: who is on the list then. No, well, we don't have to. We can just... Well, know, that's just... going to make me feel better about it. Okay, that's fair. Who? What other linebackers are out there getting the bag? They're owed a ton of money this year. That's where it gets hard. Shaq Thompson... I know that his contract's kind of a big deal, like they could get out of it pretty cleanly, not saying they want to. Didn't we just talk about linebacker contracts, like on this podcast recently? We might what have. What were the names? I don't remember.
0: Joe, I would like to provide a, a piece of information for you. Uh, for sure. the integrity of the game, uh, Shaq Thompson is listed as an outside linebacker on spot track.
2: I appreciate that, Kyle, because y- you know Joe would have been stuck in that in that time warp for a while. I just oh, no, the that's, integrity that's a, of the game. That, I want no, right to you know positional classifications are weird. He did. He did. Okay. Joe, I really, too, I, I really think I really think two's the lie. Marcus Williams.
1: Marcus Williams didn't get that big of a deal. It was like he got free, the bag. He was,
2: like, he was, was one of that the, big. He was one of the few safeties that got the number that I needed for the bet with Kyle.
0: Yeah. Fuck you, Chris. I
2: did. No, I didn't get you won that bet. <laughs> but
0: it Smith. made me sweat till the end. That oh, yeah. You made me sweat right. for 365 days. You made me sweat. For I that have bet. Williams, Smith and Fitz as the three safeties. Smith. Marcus Williams, Yo- Harrison, Smith and Harrison Smith. Fitzpatrick.
2: So none wait, wait, of Justin wait. Simmons or Buddha Baker's part of that safety class? Darwin James just signed a contract. This is going to be year two. Hold on, Joe. You're on to there, something We got here. candidates. We got candidates here. Could be number two. Or number three. Whatever, whatever one is. Safeties. The safety only sister. tight end
1: that I feel like could be in that conversation is Andrews.
2: Right? The tight end group. That's it. The only guy. That, or Waller. I'm trying to think, is there anybody else that really, really stands out to me? The, the Chiefs have a an odd cap space though I would say
0: go hold ahead. on
1: Hunter Henry and both got
0: the they got the bag well remember Joe cap space is not the
1: I know but it doesn't matter that's the only thing I can think about I don't know the actual cash you know so I have to hope that the cap space Joe we have is to, somewhat this is this is a gut thing there's no, we're not gonna get to this I think the most contenders to be in the top
2: three is safety all right safety Simmons safety. Baker all right Three's the lie, lock it in. I'll
0: take it. Three's the lie, lock it in. Okay, you're both locked in. Three is the lie. Yep,
2: yep. so you're going to go with number one and you're going to go
0: well, with No, one. Well, no, let's start with number two because that was the <laughs> one that you meant to sp- spend the most time on. Well,
2: the, yeah, because I had a lot of th- thoughts th- on it. The
0: three inside linebackers, according to Track, that are owed the most cash for the 2023 season are Roquan Smith, CJ Mosley, and Darius Leonard. That is a okay. true statement.
2: Okay. okay, good job, Joe.
0: The dollar amounts. Roquan Smith is owed $27 million in wow. cash. Woo. I believe this was oh, signing right. bonus money in the new year of the New Deal, which is why he's so high. I believe this is technically where he got his signing bonus. Uh, CJ Mosley is number two on this list with $17 million owed. And Shaq Leonard is third with $16.2 million Uh Ola Koon from Jacksonville and Fred Warner round out the top five. Both of those players, by the way, did have more total than Shaq Thompson in Carolina.
1: Okay. Good to know. Do you
0: want statement number three or statement number two next?
1: No, go to the, go to the one that we picked. Cause I don't want to like hear about the data. Cause I won't care about it. You okay. know what I mean?
0: Just go right to three. So I'll go ahead and pull it up here on spot track. The three safeties that are owed. The largest amount of cash for 2023, I'm going to read the three names and then let you know what they are. Marcus Williams, Harrison Smith, and Mika Fitzpatrick. Marcus Williams is owed the most cash of any safety in the NFL this year with $16 million owed this season. Okay. Harrison Smith is owed $15.3 million this upcoming season, which is good for number two on the list.
2: Is Minka number three or not, John? Minka Fitzpatrick
0: is owed fourteen and a half million dollars. Oh, it's which is one hundred thousand dollars more than Justin oh. Simmons. Good for third on the list. Oh, making safety man. also a true statement. The tight end group is the lie. And the reason why this group was included was because the names are fascinating. I gave you Dallas Godard, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey. Two of those names are not correct.
1: Whoa, you really you really gave it to us, huh? Dallas
0: Goder wow. is first with 14 and a quarter. Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox is second oh, with 12.
1: Oh. And a yeah, okay. You had to see that, I buddy. You hate to see it. And no, Chris, the reason you're making a big deal because you've effed this up for the Jets multiple and
0: times. And Cleveland Browns tight end David oh. Njoku is third oh. with 12 and a half, uh, $25,000 in front of Darren Waller, and $50,000 in front of George Kittle. Travis Kelsey right. is sixth. Uh, is, excuse me, he's tied for fifth with George Kittle.
1: So, Kyle... So Comes this out is of this,
2: my guy. This is this is a great game theory that you guys find yourselves in. Because I can't win. I'm one in five. The best I can yep. do is kick it to next month. You guys are both one in four. Do you deviate or do you stick together? It's going to depend on the data. It's going right. to depend it's on the gonna data.
0: Depend on the data. I agree, Joe. I would love nothing so. more than a chance to run this into next month with you and see what happens. But uh,
1: let's do it, my guy. Well, who has to lock it in first? Because like you could play defense here. Well, I'm you could just, just pick whatever I, it, I
0: pick. It depends on the data. If so, I have conviction, I might go. So we have it.
1: To have, you put the pressure on. It's yeah, but you theory. might not have convictions and then just agree with me just to make sure that you don't the, lose. You're right. This I is I the game theory. This like is the we game theory. To, that's,
2: no, you just you just play the game, Joe. Just play the game.
1: I think we should have a silent uh, submission to, of our – Listen, <laughs> if I get a chance to no. go to the playoffs.
2: What's, what's a weird, legitimate
1: thing to consider? Uh, playoffs? All right, Chris, about? just give us, playoffs? give us the thing.
2: You kidding me? My topic – is Football Outsiders just released their aggressiveness index for last season. So I poured through the data, and I came up with these three topics, these three statements, one of which is not accurate. Statement number one, of the top ten coaches in the aggressiveness index, only four of them coached in the postseason. Can you define aggressiveness index? What
0: dynamics is that fourth down? Is that going for two? Really gonna press your feet to the fire here for the data. Okay. All right, hold on,
2: hold on, hold on. This is where we're uh, playing for playoffs on so we're playing for a championship. So now here. So now we're we're getting into uh the minutia. But I will tell you what it excludes here because I have the paragraph in front of Great. me. It's just a- the paragraph Great. that's immediately in front of me. Aggressive index excludes obvious catch-up situations. The third quarter trailing by 15 or more points. The fourth quarter trailing by nine or more points. And in the last five minutes of the game, trailing by any amount. It also okay. excludes the last 10 minutes of the first half, and it adjusts for a play, for when a play doesn't actually record as fourth and short because of a bogus delay of game penalty that moves the punter back five yards, only the regular season included, So it just, it, it looks at those fourth down situations at both. So it's, you it's, you know, it's effectively
0: middle... neutral game situations. Correct, correct. But Okay, okay.
2: So statement number one, of the 10 coaches in the aggressiveness index, only four of them coached in the postseason. Statement number two, of the bottom 10 coaches in the aggressiveness index, only two of them coached in the postseason. Statement number three, of the bottom five coaches, all of them are AFC coaches.
0: Okay, Jill, where do you want to go here, dude?
1: I mean, no, nothing immediately popped. So there's that. Love that for the me. Bottom, <laughs> the bottom five, are, the, the easiest one to sort through is going to be bottom five are all AFC coaches.
0: Right. What, what, I think Chris did himself a little disservice here because he gave us a small strike zone to define who conservative coaches are. Right. So you have, uh, I would guess the Patriots are like numero uno.
1: For cowardliness? Le- like,
0: yes, cowardliness. <laughs> cowardliness that would be my guess their whole their whole mantra and how they win football games is to play everything close to the vest and make plays late in games what about like houston lovey smith (sighs) yeah but like they got to october and they were like yeah we're not playing for anything yeah but like
1: that's true was it when games were out of hand though
0: no it 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 does not include its its neutral game situation.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. So if they're aggressive when they're getting their ass beat, it doesn't matter.
0: Right. But if they're aggressive because they're two and ten, Hackett wasn't Hackett like the all time bad at this. Uh, I know they had some. He had some doozies early in the year.
1: Okay, I, we gotta have. I don't know how we're gonna arrive at a conclusion here. The question is: so like...
0: Are there are there any uber cowardly NFC coaches? Pete Carroll, conservative game plan. Dable was aggressive. What about Dallas?
1: I have no idea. Dallas is a team that I—I'll admit to—I didn't watch that much of this past year. How
0: about they don't call him Riverboat Ron for nothing? So we'll assume <laughs> that they're. I—I I would bet my—I would bet my mortgage payment. That Philadelphia, like yeah. Nick Sirianni's in the top three, I would bet a mortgage payment on. Wait, okay. So that's the North, or that, excuse me, that's the East. Eberflus. Campbell's got big nuts. He let it hang. Did he? I mean, there were times where he let it hang and he didn't even realize it because he was watching him do the wave in the stance. It's true. I remember the quote. <laughs> Next thing you I know, I, I look like up Dennis and throw the to Panay. So what the hell is going on here? <laughs> what? what You had Dennis Allen? You got to think he's got to be a pretty cowardly coach, right? Yeah. Seems like he would be. Yes. The Saints this year. Absolutely.
1: Todd Bowles. <laughs> doesn't have an aggressive bone in his body.
0: Chris, can you just read the first two again? Just sure, I, sure, I I believe absolutely. the first I believe it is the first one is of the top 10 only four coached in the
1: playoffs.
2: That is Maybe correct. That's of the, the top, one
1: to look into. Only four
2: Kyle? of the top of the top 10 coaches in the aggressiveness index, only four of them Sirianni, coached in the postseason.
1: Peterson, Reed. These guys are definitely in there, right? Harbaugh follows the analytics I, I, every
0: time. I would also bet a mortgage payment that Mike McDaniel's in the top 3.
1: Um, I've seen the graphs. I know McDermott's high up there, like in terms of like doing what the analytics say you're supposed to do.
0: All I know is every time it's four, four, all I know is it's every, anytime it's fourth and three between the 45s, they get up under center and try to false snap you to get a first yeah, down. And, like, and then they
1: punt like three times a year though. It works. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like. Okay, it's guys, just hold your, hold your water. They're not going to snap it. No, the Jets did it. The, right? The, the, the Jets literally did the thing.
2: Okay, I don't. I don't curse on this show. CJ but fuck Mosley. you for bringing this up. Fuck Ooh, you! For I jumped this up. over the line.
1: <laughs>
2: um, I, I think that that's was when what, the I, season I, was over. I,
1: this is the thing. It's almost too crazy for it to like really be a lie. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like. No, bait. I don't know what you mean. We just it identified. Like we just identified four cowardly coaches <laughs> in the A in the NFC. Talking about the bottom five. I'm talking about number one. Right, but number st- one. Only four of the top ten most aggressive coaches in the NFL were in the postseason. We just went through Reed, Sirianni, Staley, Harbaugh, McDaniel, McDermott. Like you're telling yeah, me that but, only but st- four of those are in the okay. Top
0: so
2: Staley overcorrected, right?
0: Uh, just for see. just for
2: context, Brandon Staley was number one in this ranking a year ago.
0: Right, and I know he overcorrected like crazy because we were like, yeah, oh, cr- bully. Everybody said bullying works on their timeline. Oh, the chargers are punting. Bullying works.
1: It's anti-bullying day here. It really is, actually. <sighs> like, the reason I didn't put the Washington... In my two truths in a lie. I had written down the Washington Commanders had the most expensive offense in the NFL. The reason I didn't do it is because it felt like such a lie that it had to be true and you wouldn't have picked it. I took it off.
0: And that's what but you feel that's what you feel this one is. That's what you feel number maybe, 1. Maybe, but is
1: then it. Chris these are also Chris could have went any direction that he wanted to with this and he went through and if it's a lie then he would have he went through and said, "You know what? Four of the top 10 were in the post." Like he would have had to like pick that. So is it bait? I don't feel like Chris has baited us
0: once yet. Which makes me feel like this is not bait. And now, it? and now, now he's trying to get cute and lean into his microphone and like make the face and oh, maybe listen. I
2: I have done everything that I can do. I've read the three statements. I've done the research. I've presented it. It's up to no, you. No, yeah,
0: and it's it's a good it's a good combo of three. And statement
2: number two, one more time, please. Statement number tr- uh, statement number two of the bottom ten coaches in the aggressiveness index. Only two of them coached in the postseason.
1: Number one's a lie. Lock it in. Kyle can do what he wants holy nice,
2: smokes guy just guy just put you on an island
1: the hell's your problem
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just I, I feel like that should be a lie okay so God, if my process is good and I can live with whatever happens
2: I will say it is funny that like five seconds ago I think he was considering that to be a truthful statement because right. of what I was doing and, he just and that's that's
1: what that's, that's what
0: makes me mad here because we're, we were talking through we didn't even we, we had like Eberflus Dennis Allen um uh, Mike McCarthy. let me see what else. What else is in the the NFC? Because statement number three is that all five of the bottom coaches in Cowardly Index are AFC coaches. Correct.
2: That is correct. That is what the statement says.
0: So we had Eberflus, McCarthy, Dennis Allen. McVeigh's aggressive. I wish I had more liquor. <laughs> Pete Carroll. We said Pete, we said Pete. said Carroll. Yeah. We like. I have a. I have a candidate from each of the five divisions.
1: Go with it, man.
2: <laughs> now he's Fuck poking it. them. I hair. will. No, I just hey, I will. I couldn't I will. put myself
0: through it anymore. I will. Number three is the lie. Okay.
2: Let's go with the one you guys didn't pick first. Christ of the box, bottom ten coaches. The of the bottom ten coaches in the aggressiveness index, only two of them coached in the postseason. So let me just count. You gotta count Here we now? Go. I gotta count to ten just so I can work down the list. Ron Who's Rivera was to- Ron Rivera was twenty third on this list. Okay. Jim Harbaugh was twenty fourth on this list. Okay, so that's one. One. Brian Dable was twenty fifth on this list. Two. Two. That's it. The rest of the list, twenty six oh. through thirty two, they were all sitting Brother. at home. Yo, that was tough. <laughs> that was tough. They were <laughs> all. have We're gonna have
0: he a winner. He could have done that we much have a more dramatically.
1: So
2: somebody's going to win. Somebody is going to somebody's win. Win. Somebody's win. Somebody is going to win. We will and go. Chris with... knows who that is right now. I do. Schubert. And it's not Chris go Schubert. Th- it's not me. No, we will go through statement number one first. The top ten coaches in the aggressiveness index. Only four of them coached in the postseason. Number one, Nick Sirianni. Bada Bing! Number two, Mike McDaniel. Oh, so the
0: to the guy the two. I, somebody owes me two borders payments out there.
2: Arthur <laughs> Smith, number I
0: said three. Both
1: of those guys. Okay, that, that Arthur Smith does not help us. So two. Cliff Kingsbury, number four, does not help us. Damn it. Lafleur, number five. Does not help us. I'm in trouble. I need to run the table here. Dan Campbell, number six. No, you don't need to run the table yet, but you're getting close. No.
0: Sean you McDermott, need... number seven.
1: Thank you, Sean. Okay,
0: you need two more.
2: Kevin Stefanski, number eight. Does not help me. You need to run the table. Need... Number ten, Kevin O'Connell. That's okay. well, number nine. So well, number nine. Number nine. This is going to determine whether or not Joe is in or not. Number he nine. It in the for ag- He's for a reason. a ag- reason. In the aggressiveness index, Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans did not make the Oh, you got it. You son of a bitch. (laughs) You son of a bitch. I will tell you. (laughs) Holy shit. Here are the bottom five coaches in the aggressiveness index, uh, according to Football Outsider. Josh McDaniels at 28. Mike Tomlin at number 29. (laughs) Dennis Allen at number 30. Joe Cole? Bill Bel... Bill Belichick at 31, Robert Sala at 32. There's only one NFC coach in here. AFC, a bunch of cowards. It was Pete. It, uh, no, no, it's Dennis Allen. It, it was Dennis Allen who it's you Dennis called. Allen, yeah. uh, how, who called that one? Way to be disrespectful uh, to Pete. 22nd on this list. <laughs> He's bottom. There was 10. some. There was some disrespect to Matt Eberflus. He's. 11th I, I, on this I had list. a fun week.
1: I had a fun week being in control. It was really good. But so Kyle Kyle's gets to two
2: and four. Joe gets to a one and five. And for the second straight month, the third straight Fed- time on the show. <laughs> The NFC South month
0: of Two Truths and a Lie.
2: Yep, Kyle J. Krabs. Sure. The winner One in February. February. What a show. Everybody wanted a longer show this week. Here you go. Man, sorry. Right, there you we go.
1: started Two Truths and a Lie, I think, at like
2: 11.45. It was tough. we, we were asking
0: a lot. Well, <laughs> let's get everybody out of here. Kyle Krabs, Joe Renner, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your day. We will talk with you all again on Monday. Thanks for being here for another episode
2: of the Draft Dudes Podcast.
0: Be sure to subscribe so you don't
2: miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter,
0: Instagram, and YouTube.